You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So um, let's start off with a very important off-season lesson. And it's a bit of a hard lesson for a lot of us, uh, myself included. So um, there's been a lot of... A lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of ups and downs. Been let's be, it's been a miserable day. <laughs> um, for those of you that listen to the podcast but don't follow me on Twitter, all I'll say is I did it. Remember when I said I was just gonna like pretend to be one of those fake guys or whatever? That's exactly what I did, and I made up the tweet that I said I would make up. Here is what I put on Twitter. By the way, five seconds before I tweeted this. I basically said I was going to be a fake insider, just kind of laying the groundwork for when this doesn't happen, everyone throws it back in my face. I'm like, dude, I, it was a joke. Per source, Rodgers is planning to announce he is returning to the Green Bay Packers tomorrow. Rodgers has already notified the team, but the team will allow Rodgers to be the one to break the news during NFL honors where he is expected to win MVP. I made that up. That's fake, right? Completely fake. Now, when I first tweeted that, there was really nothing to it, right? I threw it out there as bait. I was curious what would happen. I didn't know if it would get any traction. And then it slowly started to get traction. And it started getting a bunch of likes. And I was like, you know, kind of kind of giggling on the inside. A couple people comment like, yeah, right, I, I doubt it. And then I kind of like, you know, shoot a little gif at them and be like, yeah, I'm messing with you. And then I completely lost control of it. And um, it started going kind of crazy. And a lot of people started retweeting it with comments like, this is amazing. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. I started getting lots and lots of new followers. I mean, a lot of new followers. Let's just say I've never had a tweet in my life with this kind of traction. I don't know how many followers I've, I've gotten over the last 24 hours, but it's, it's a lot. This has been retweeted 173 times, 65 quote tweets, 2,775 likes, and lots and lots and lots of followers. This little uh, test, I guess, worked infinitely better than I ever thought it could. Now, I don't like this. I don't like the way that this makes me feel. (laughs) I don't have, I'm not as much of a sociopath as I thought I was. I thought I was just very, um, Uh, disconnected from people's feelings and whatnot. Turns out that's not the case because I've just been feeling guilty all day. So um, it's still being liked. It's 3.30 in the morning and I'm getting likes just now. There's another one and another one and another one. Every second, there's another one. It just 
doesn't stop. Now, I'm, again, I'm going to delete the tweet. 31 minutes ago at 3 o'clock in the morning, somebody said, let's go, exclamation point, crying emoji and two hearts. Again, guilt. Um, but on top of the positive, of course, there's negative. People get tagged that are checkmarked people that actually know things, and those people will respond and say, no, this guy's a liar. That doesn't feel great. Because you feel like, although nobody really knows who you are, you lose whatever credibility you thought you had. I've had people DM me saying, what are you doing? You have to stop this. You're going to crush people. This is pathetic. I got attacked in my own Facebook group by somebody that thought he quote-unquote caught me lying because in the comment section, somebody said, is this fake? And I said, yeah, but let's keep that between us, which is a joke because it's a public comment section so everyone can see it, right? Shh, don't tell anyone. It's a freaking joke. But I said, keep that between us. I'm trying to get that fake news clout. And he's like, ooh, I caught him. So he started. Po- he posted it in his group because he's uh, you know, Bill the Packer fan or whatever his name is. So he's like, I'll never listen to his show again. And he posted it in my freaking group and then threatened people in my group because he's a soft, well, he's soft-headed for believing it, first of all. And then, you know, very soft emotionally where he started attacking people. I got to double check to make sure I kicked him out of my group. It, it kind of said it didn't work. So I'm guessing he, uh, oops, that's loud. I'm guessing he... Um, kicked himself out of my group, but let me just verify that because he is threatening people, so i got to make sure he's not in my groups anymore. Yeah, I can't even find the post anymore, so it must have uh, deleted everything he put when I booted him. And I I suppose since he decided to come at me, I might as well let you know, Bill the Packer fan, he's got a pretty big Facebook page. He's got 21,000 people that follow the page, 19,000 people like I'm not telling you what to do. You can stay there. I don't really care if you like his content, whatever. But it's worth noting that he was threatening to meet people in my group and attack them for just simply pointing out the guy was joking. He Googled where he lived. He said, oh, I live in that neighborhood too. I'll be seeing you real soon. So, you know, hashtag pack daddy is a liar, hashtag fake fans. Yeah, he got me. But anyways, what what is the point of this? Stop listening to these people. This is how easy it is, right? This is, it's, listen, it's 2022, right? As bad as I started feeling about this stuff, I'm sorry, it is 20 freaking 22. How long have we had the internet? How many off seasons do we have to do this? How many times? This was what the whole thing was yesterday. This guy who has no, no followers, no nothing, he just he throws it out there and then somebody writes an article about it and then people freak out about it. It's, it's about 50-50 in terms of people that believe it and people that don't. But we, I've got 2,700 people that liked it. And I don't know how many people they texted and called and I can't believe it, tomorrow's going to be duh, 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 duh. Come on, man. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be mean, but at the exact same time as I'm saying I feel bad, I, I don't feel bad. You got to be better than this. I, I just said a thing. Anybody can put together a sentence. And, and here's the thing. I can do this tomorrow. I can do this again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I, I, imagine if I can get thousands of likes a day, 50 to 100 followers a day. You know, it's always weird to me when these fake uh, media guys who, granted, very rarely ever get the kind of success that I just got. But it it makes sense now when you look at these guys and it's like, all they do is make up stuff. How do they have 20,000 followers? Now I know. They're preying on people that are gullible. But guys, you got to be smarter than this, man. And listen, there is also the factor of I had several listeners or whatever reach out that said that, you know, I caught them, which makes sense because they know I don't do this stuff. So if, if, you, if you know that I don't usually do these things, and you also know that I have had insights once in a while, 
like one time I, I knew a thing and I put it out there and it, it came true, right? So there's that. And again, there's the whole me destroying my own credibility. I'll never be able to do this again and anybody will ever believe me. Like, dude, you, you proved your point. I'm like, no, it's re- this time it's real. But, but seriously, 2022, man, stop believing anybody that can, you, you can do this. Anybody can do this. I don't have a lot of followers. It's not like I've got 20,000 followers and a blue check mark. I have 3,000. That's nothing. That's, that's, that's nothing. And again, you can just go in the comments section and see that I'm goofing around. You can look at my profile and look at my tweets and see that I'm goofing around. And I said, this is going to be fake, more or less. Just got another like and another retweet by Greg Reinhardt, who has 2,169 followers. Gee, I wonder if that's going to gain some more traction for me. Come on, Greg. But, but I mean, this is, this is kind of the point of social media, right? It's, it's, I, it's to prevent us from having to really dig in. Right? I don't want to read the article. I want to read the headline and then post it on Facebook or retweet it. You know, TikTok is incredibly successful, partially because of an incredible algorithm, but also partially because you just, you go quick. And I think a, a lot of people, myself included, are like, these, are, these videos are too short. And then once you start using it a while, you're like, I'm never using YouTube again because those videos are too long. But listen, at the end of the day, this is, this is the exact, this, this went better than I thought it could. It went so well that I started to feel bad about it. But this is, this is all the proof I'll ever need. In fact, I'm, I, may just keep, I may just keep this up. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to keep making more people mad. I'm going to get more messages about I'm never listening to your show again. I had another person message me. Um, I'm guessing it was because of Bill, because he used the exact same screenshot. And I saw his thing first before I had people message me that this guy is threatening us in the group. But, I mean, there's not a day that goes by that we don't talk about fake news or, you know, fake this, fake that, fake reporters, all these, you know. At some point, you got to stop being gullible, man. And and everybody kind of goes through that phase. I went through that phase where, you know, I would start, it was probably Facebook. I wasn't even on Twitter by the time I learned my lesson. But you just start posting things and um, you realize that you're making yourself look really stupid if you don't at least do a cursory look over stuff. Just do a real quick check. And there's probably some fake fact checkers that are saying it's not true, when in fact it is. But, I mean, it's, it's not that hard to do a little sleuthing. Just to, just to get an idea. So, again, I feel bad for those people who I got their hopes up for nothing. But at the same time, this is no different than what everybody else does. When I see this kind of stuff, you retweet it because, hey, maybe, you never know. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, man, that figures. Another fake thing. It's not like I'm going to go throw myself off a building or anything. At least that's what I told myself last night so I can go to sleep. I also went out of my way to beg Aaron Rodgers to make some kind of an announcement so that uh, I at least can keep some kind of credibility. Got another retweet, by the way, by Robert Jonas. Uh, Let's see. And another two likes this morning. Remember, still 3.47 in the morning. Charlie and uh, Jay Suarez both liked my tweet. I really don't. I, I feel like this is... First of all, I feel like if I delete it, I'm being kind of a coward. Like I'm running away from it. And also, this is, again, a great example of, I mean, this is something that should be pinned on my Twitter, not deleted, saying this is why you should not believe every report out there. This is completely fake, and look how many likes it got. That that might be what I do, although I don't want to unpin Drew with his uh, seizure service dog and whatnot. I don't know. We'll figure that out. But that's that's my uh, lesson of the day. And again, sorry to the listeners that believe me for a second, but if you're a listener and you believed it, that means you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast. So that's on you. That's not on me. I gave you heads up. That's what, that's what Bill was saying, too. I'm never listening again. Like, dude, if you were listening, you would have heard that this was going to be fake and that I was potentially going to be doing this. 
Anyways, that is the uh, lesson of the day. We'll move off of that now. Um, I do not have any inside information. Uh, also, by the way, it was pointed out by many people that Aaron Rodgers said that he would make his decision and announce it on um, Pat McAfee's show. So I was not even aware of that, which is why I didn't bring it up yesterday. But it was just another way to realize that what I was saying was nonsense. Some, that was the other thing that was funny is the amount of like gotcha people, which granted, I mean, that's that's what a lot of people do. Like, you know, I'm smart enough to know that this isn't true and I'm going to call you out. It's like you're almost smart enough you're just smart enough to catch me, but not quite smart enough to know that, that I'm, this is meant to be a joke. But uh, I, I give you half credit for that. Still calm down. Anyways, um, continuing on with sort of the, uh, I don't know, the, the, the drama nonsense train. Aaron Rodgers asked if he'll come to Denver, says, we'll see. There was a video of it. I, I think you can almost hear it. I'm not even going to bother playing. Well, maybe I'll. No, I'm not going to play it. There is a thing on, on Twitter of him, and you can hear people yelling, Broncos, Broncos, saying something about Broncos. And then you can very faintly hear something that sounds like maybe, but according to this, it says, we'll see. Now, some people are real upset about this. And, and by the way, maybe is, um, in my mind, even more definitive than we'll see, and maybe means nothing. Here, here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is out in public. He has three options when somebody says, please come to the Denver Broncos. Number one is what most people wish he would do, which is don't interact with the people. Just don't interact with it. Number two is right there on the golf course, just tell us what you're going to do. No, I'm staying in Green Bay. Or I haven't made up my mind yet. Or I'm leaning toward going to Denver. Number three is coach speak which is give an answer that doesn't give an answer because I'm obviously not doing that right now. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to hit a golf ball. Like I'm literally standing here to hit a golf ball and he's answering questions. He was five seconds away from his, from his swing. And what would a nothing answer sound like? It's literally, we'll see. We'll see is the non-answer to that. We'll see does not mean I'm going to Denver. Does not mean I'm not going to Denver. I don't know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's literally my answer when my kids ask me if they, if they got this present for Christmas, right? Dad, did you get me that beautiful unicorn I love? We'll see. Well, if you say it like that, that's probably a yes, but <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. What does that mean? It means, dude, stop asking me. I'm not going to tell you. You think I'm going to tell you what your Christmas presents are? Keep begging me. Keep annoying me, and I'll tell you what all your presents are and ruin Christmas for you. It means shut up, but in a very loving way. So again, we're, we're, we're at that point where everything is kind of a big deal. In the article in which I found this, which is on uh, SB Nation's Denver Bronco thing, whatever they call themselves, Mile High Report, he says, I'll be honest, I didn't hear anything from this clip. In a way, I agree with Andrew Mason, who said it feels like we're chasing a breadcrumb that literally means nothing. To me, the big thing here is if true, here if true, in other words, if he actually said this, is that he didn't say anything scripted out of the PR playbook. Leaving that door open with a simple we'll see is like pouring gasoline on a fire when it comes to speculating the future of one Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. And again, I don't even necessarily agree with that. And I know, um, I only know about this because Jacob in the, uh, in the Discord chat was kind of upset, like he's stirring up drama. And I, I, again, people see it that way. The person who wrote this article, Tim Lynch, seems to see it that way, pouring gasoline on it. I don't know. He, he's definitely been the cause of some drama. I'm not going to jump on him for saying we'll see, right? Either shut your mouth or you're causing drama. Like, dude, people have been pestering him, and he's just like, I don't know, we'll see. Anyways, trying to play golf here, stupid. 
And he's keeping it light. He's keeping it fun. He's keeping it interactive with people. He's joking around with people. I mean, what? maybe it's because that's pretty much what I would say. Or to be honest, I might even just mess with people because you guys are being stupid. I mean, that's, I mean, look what I did on Twitter just now. I'm literally causing drama just to prove how stupid everybody is. So if I was Aaron Rodgers, what would I do? I would be posting nothing but cryptic tweets all the time just to make everybody go nuts and be like, well, maybe stop being stupid then. You should be ashamed of yourself. Me? I think you should be ashamed of yourself. Look how stupid you are. Look at all these articles you wrote. Look at, look at, look at what you did on social media and all the different... Look at how crazy everybody went. And I'm, I'm the one? You know, I post pictures of like mountains or something just completely random and it's just let everybody follow those breadcrumbs. I'd probably unfollow the Packers just because that is going to just absolutely make everybody go nuts. I'd, I'd give like Lafleur and Gutekunst and everybody a heads up. And I'm sure they'd be furious and be like, please don't do that. I'm like, no, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to do it. It has nothing to do with you. I'm just messing with people. Still love you guys. Although, you know, that might mess with, maybe they'll, maybe they'll change their mind. Don't want me anymore. I don't know. But um, anyways, uh, not that anybody needs to be told this, including Jacob, who completely understands this, but this means nothing. And for a guy who's currently at least claiming he hasn't made up his mind yet, I don't know what better answer there is if you're going to give an answer than we'll see. And to be honest, that may just be the right answer. Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe things aren't worked out with the Packers, and maybe the Packers will trade him. He's not sure yet. I don't know. But I do know that we'll see if he even said it. <laughs> this is just a random claim that he said it. And again, I can hear him say something. It sounds like maybe in the clip, but we'll see and maybe when you can barely hear it sound very similar. It's nothing, right? This is all just a big pile of nothing. Anyways, sticking with that theme of uh, the Aaron Rodgers drama and whatnot, we got uh, another Green Bay Packer chiming in on his thoughts with Aaron Rodgers. And again, if you want to hear a quote-unquote insider, not that this is inner circle, inner circle, but let me put it this way. If the players that play with him don't know the answer for sure, I sure as heck don't know the answer. But um, he was asked on uh, NFL Network or whatever, to give his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Is he coming back, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what he had to say. Let me also just say that NFL.com and all the Packers websites, and everything, whoever does the websites for the NFL, complete garbage. I can never get their media to play. I can't do it on Packers.com. On Chrome, it doesn't work. I had to switch over to uh, the, the Microsoft one, whatever the heck that is, just to get it to work. And even, even now, like I can't fast forward or rewind or anything like that. It doesn't work. So I had to let this stupid thing play all the way through. And I can't miss this because then I'll have to restart the video all over again. So anyways, here we go with Aaron Jones and uh, his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and whatnot. 12, staying in the building and staying a Packer. Uh, I mean, I haven't heard. I've, I've heard what everybody else has heard, what they're reading. Mom, but I, I think he'll be there. My heart, uh, you know, Green Bay, I, I can't imagine him anywhere else. That's where he's been his whole career. So I just can't picture him anywhere else, and uh, I think we had a lot of fun this year. So uh, I hope to have him back, and I hope uh, I hope he's back. I, I believe in my heart he'll be back. So that's it. There you go. And that's basically what David Bakhtiari said. That's basically what A.J. Hawk said. A.J. Hawk, I mean, I, I think A.J. Hawk would be considered inner circle. I don't really know, but I, if there's anybody that's inner circle, it's that guy. It's the, it's the guy who hopped on a plane and went to go hang out with A.J. Hawk and was spending time at his kid's basketball, you know, tournament or whatever. I mean, they're extremely close friends. I can't say if Aaron Jones is necessarily, but A.J. Hawk is definitely a very, very close friend. A.J. Hawk doesn't know. Maybe, maybe today he does, I don't know, but, but at the time he didn't know. The last time he had to comment on it, he didn't know. 
By the way, I got one more retweet and eight more likes. 4.09 in the morning. Anyways, I think that's it as far as the Aaron Rodgers drama. I see somebody wrote an article, which, again, just really goes to show how ridiculous everything's getting right now, um, asking if maybe Aaron Rodgers spilled the beans on getting the fourth MVP. First of all, I don't think he knows, but um, he made some kind of a comment when he was introduced as three-time MVP. He stuck up four fingers, saying, I'm the four-time MVP. And he even said in the article, well, maybe he's just being optimistic. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It's funny. Yesterday I said I love the offseason because I love how stupid all the drama is. And then today I'm just, I'm over it. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. That's all right. I uh, go back and forth. I, I probably should get rid of this tweet just because I can tell it's, it's completely draining to have to deal with it. And I'm sure at some point some blue check mark's going to try to use me in a, as an example and it's really going to set me off. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break there, and then we can kind of transition away from the nonsense and start talking about a couple other things that I was looking at. So um, again, do not forget about Drew. He's trying to raise money for his seizure service dog. Also, amodernfrontier.com, where you can go buy some delicious meat. Again, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me. You can reach out to him. I'm just trying to get a box of meat delivered to your door. That's all I'm trying to do, man. Just trying to help you out. How can we make that happen? That's all I want to know. Anyways, we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I want to start off with um, one of Packers Twitter's favorite new people. And um, it just so happens to be a ravenous Bears fan. In fact, it is a former Bears player, Dick Butkus. It's one of those things where a fan base just kind of gives the other fan base a pass. I remember I, I mentioned when I was a kid, for the most part, even while Brett Favre was the quarterback, he got a pass in Chicagoland. He was respected and admired, on some level probably hated because of what he did, but um, as much as I got razzed for being a Packer fan and how everybody hated the Packers, if anybody was so bold as to say Brett Favre sucks, usually people would interject and be like, come on, man. You kind of cross the line there a little bit. And I think Dick Buckus is one of those guys. He is just absolutely going off. Um, he's one of those guys that is just from a different era that says what he wants to say, doesn't care what people think, and I think everybody kind of appreciates that. Even Packer fans who are kind of on the receiving end of his uh, vitriol and, and anger. Everything he says is playful, but it's very blunt and very direct. And I think all of us think it's pretty funny. But he did an interview recently, and... Uh, Put a few sound bites out. I don't really have, I mean, I do have the sound bites, but it's another video that I cannot fast forward or rewind or anything. So I'm not going to do that. Fortunately, they, they put the interview um, here. So I'm just going to go through a little bit of this. I've also learned that Dick Butkus is, um, he's basically Mr. Negative for the Bears. And I think most Bears fans are Mr. Negative. But remember how I said Bears fans have little man syndrome and feel like they should be the greatest at everything? Dick, but, Dick, but, Dick Butkus, my good Lord. Stuck on stupid. Here we go. He, he told a little story, which I think is a great story, but it also embodies everything. It is, first of all, Mr. Negative in a nutshell, who thinks that if you're a good team, you win the Super Bowl every other year, but also embodies Chicago Bears fans in a nutshell. But here is a little story that he told. He was complaining about the, the coaching and how bad it was last year, but, but here's what he said. He said, it reminded me of a time when George Hallis retired, quit. It was in January. I went over to the office there at 173 West Madison to get my mail. I asked if I could see the coach. I go in his office. I said, who are you going to pick? Who's the next coach? Keep in mind, this is a big, scary monster. He said, when I figure it out, I'll let you know. I said, you know something? I don't think you want to win here. He started to get up, and I thought, sheesh, she's going to take a poke at me. He said, what did you say? I said, I don't think you want to win here. Listen to me. You started this stuff 50 years ago. Who's in the Super Bowl? He goes, Dallas or Miami or somebody. I said, yeah, two expansion teams when you should be there. The Bears should be there every other year. It's ridiculous. It's the franchise, and it's a joke now. So again, he is the ultimate Chicago Bears homer. He's disgusted with the franchise, rightly so. But you also have to understand the disgust doesn't just come from a, a place of we shouldn't be horrible. It comes from a place of we are the Chicago Bears. We are the premier organization. We should be in the Super Bowl every other year. Anything less than that is a failure because we should just be better than everybody by virtue of the fact that we are Chicago. Matty D, thanks for the retweet. Anyways, another, um, another little quote before we move on. And there were plenty of other quotes, and you can probably go find this. It was on, uh, I don't know, WGN, which is a Chicago uh, news station. He says, and this is where we, this is another reason why Bears and Packer fans can get along, because guys like Dick, Dick Butkus, and, and this is part of why I started the whole laughing at the enemy thing, 
when they think they're by themselves, they start trashing their own team. And that's when we can swoop in and be like, yeah, dude, I totally agree with you on everything you're saying right now. He says a lot of the players on the offensive line from this past season should be arrested for impersonating an offensive lineman. They played like crap. (laughs) Oh, don't ever change, Dick. Anyways, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Rich Bisaccia. I know we've talked about him quite a bit already, but uh, Mike Hart over at PackersNews.com went and dug up a few little more tidbits, so we might as well get to know the guy. Also, I decided to dig in a little more on some statistics for his special teams units just to continue to uh, you know enlighten everybody as to what's going on here. But it's just kind of a general meet and greet kind of thing. So for example, where is he from? He's born in Yonkers, New York. He played college football at Yankton says, what is Rich Pisaccia known for? He is considered one of the top special teams coordinators in the NFL and is popular with the players. During his time with the Buccaneers, Pisaccia oversaw one of the best special teams units in the NFL. This is not according to my research, but we'll go with that. It's, it's, see, this, this, is, this is getting away from statistics and going toward what is sort of the, the buzz about him within the NFL community, I guess. He uh, helped Tampa Bay win Super Bowl 37. Working on my Roman numerals here. Thanks, Risk. In his first season as an NFL coach and guided three players to Pro Bowl honors, punter Josh Bidwell, long snapper David Moore, and kick returner Clifton Smith, in addition to 13 NFC Player of the Week awards and four NFC Player of the Month awards. Bisaccia's units scored eight return touchdowns with four on kickoff returns and four on punt returns. That is, I'm, well, that's what we're going to talk about, and that is um, incorrect. (laughs) It's absolutely incorrect. He also saw his group block 18 kicks, 10 field goal attempts, 5 punts, and 3 extra points during his time in Tampa Bay with a league-leading 6 blocked kicks in 2009. In his 9 seasons from 2002 to 2010 with Tampa, the special teams unit ranked in the top... I'm not going through. We went through the stats. I got my own stats. Whatever. Um, He has a wife, Jeanne, 3 daughters, Michelle, Elizabeth, and Maddie, a son, Richie, and 5 grandchildren, Joel, Anna Jean, Cash, Everett, and Ace. So, anyways, that's Bisaccia in a nutshell. Now... Getting to what I found, I, w- I went and looked this stuff up because I thought it was interesting, and I realized, I, you know, I started to wonder if I could find this information, and it turns out I can. The first thing I wanted to look at is how many punt return touchdowns did his units have, and I found a lot. Not all of these were returned. Some of them are, are punts that were blocked and then scooped and, and scored, but, I, you know, a, a touchdown is a touchdown, but um, as soon as I saw it, I thought, man, that's way better than the Packers. But I counted eight punt returns, just punt returns. They said eight, I think, kick and punt returns, but um, eight just punt returns. We got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I don't know, twelve. I think twelve total touchdowns on special teams. So my thought was that is really impressive and way more than the Packers did. So I went back to 2002 until the present day, and I said, how many times did the Packers do it? Expecting it to be like four or five times. Turns out the Packers have done it 10 times, and that does not include the the blocks, which only accounted for one, and I think Josh Jones was the recipient of that touchdown. It was a blocked punt that uh, Josh Jones scooped and scored. Actually, no, there was, was somebody else. I forgot who it was. Doesn't matter, because I didn't include it. But it turns out the Green Bay Packers actually compared to Rich Bisaccia's eight kick return, uh, punt return touchdowns, accounted for 10 Micah Hyde did it three times, Will Blackman did it three times, Randall Cobb did it twice, Tremont Williams did it once, and Antonio Chapman did it once. So again, I was, I was really excited because I found some data that I thought would really point to how much better Bisacci's units were than the Packers, and it turns out they weren't. However, 
not done there because that was just punt returns. Let's look at kick returns. And that is where you find a massive difference between Bisaccia's units and the Green Bay Packers. And I don't know if that's just a random coincidence thing, if he's just had some better kick returners, or if he just really understands kick returns. (laughs) I don't know. But the Packers, since 2002, have had one kick return, and it was Randall Cobb's 108-yard kick return in 2011, I think. That's it. The last time they had a a kick return prior to that was the year 2000. Yeah, 9-8 of 2011 was Randall Cobb's. Here are all Bisaccia's kick returns. 2007, Michael Conan kicks off 60 yards. Michael Spurlock, 90-yard touchdown. 2008, Clifton Smith, 97-yard touchdown. 2009, Sammy Strauder, 97-yard touchdown. 2010, Michael Spurlock, again, 89-yard touchdown. 2012, Michael Spurlock, touchdown. By the way, this is a different team. Michael Spurlock, he took with him. Also in 2012, Richard Goodman, 105-yard touchdown. In 2013, with the Cowboys, Terrence Williams, 29-yard. Actually, that was a fumble recovery touchdown thing, but still, touchdown. So understand this also. That spans three different teams. You've got the Buccaneers, which accounted for, what did I say, four kick return touchdowns. you got the Chargers, which he was only there for two years. He had two touchdowns. And then the Cowboys, he ended up with one touchdown. Actually, scrap that Dallas touchdown. I think that was Dallas scored because his guy fumbled. Anyways, so we got, what, instead of eight, there was seven? Now, the the biggest negative is it hasn't happened in a long time. This accounts for zero with the Raiders. And again, the Raiders were where things got the worst, right? The, the, The PFF grades, the DVOA grades, everything started to fall off, which is not great because you're hiring a guy that has been doing this a long time, and, and his worst years have been his most recent years. Now, again, that may just be because the Raiders didn't put as much into special teams. They didn't get the right guys, whatever. But I feel like we've seen this with coaches. You know, Mike McCarthy was real good until he wasn't real good anymore. A lot of these guys, just whatever. But uh, very clearly, Basaccia's kick return units have been significantly better than the Green Bay Packers, which is, a, as, as everybody has pointed out, a really low bar. If we could have guys, let me just put it this way. If we could just have teams decide that they're just going to kick it out of the end zone every time because they don't want our guy to return it, that's a win. Because right now, I think the goal is try to kick it to the one yard line and force them to return it because we can probably stop them at the 20. That's been the goal for a couple of years now, which is actually a little bit funny because it's, it's sort of counter to what the NFL wanted, which again, as I've said, every time we try to fix something, we make it worse. The plan was if we can move it from the 20-yard line to the 25-yard line if they take a knee, then players will take a knee more often. The problem is the kicking team also gets to make some decisions. And if they don't want you to start at the 25 and they don't think you can get to the 25, they're going to kick it short and make you return it. So yeah, pretty much everybody that actually catches a kick return in the end zone is probably just going to take a knee. Very rarely does anybody run it out unless they're really, really good which there are very few people who are really, really good. But again, the kicking team is like, meh, I don't think you're going to make it. And most teams probably can't make it. So a lot of teams are kicking it short and forcing them to return it because of the rule that says you can start at the 25-yard line. If you push it back to the 20, they'll probably kick it into the end zone. But then again, then you have the return team saying, no, I can get to the 21. So there's, there's no real way to make this work. I'm sure there's been an improvement. By the way, we've crossed the 2,800-like mark on the, uh, the post. Uh, where to go from here? Uh, pile of stuff. Why don't we do this? Let's do our mock draft of the day. Today, we're going to go with Chris Trapasso over at CBSSports.com. He posted his 20 hours ago. He has the Green Bay Packers with the 
28th overall pick, selecting Trent McDuffie, cornerback, Washington. Now, before we get into the details on Trent McDuffie, which I realize I forgot to do yesterday, I just went off on my little tangent. Well, let's read what he says here. He says, the Packers add more youth to their secondary as they could lose some pieces there in free agency. McDuffie is a big, big-time big athlete who enjoyed a steady career at Washington. I understand most people listening are rolling their eyes and saying this is stupid. That was my first reaction. In fact, I almost picked a different mock draft because I'm like, this is, uh, this is a little stupid. Um, however, the fact that it's so disappointing kind of makes you think it's not impossible. The Packers every year, especially with first-round draft picks, even though they tend to pan out, I think uh, that's one area where Gutekunst and Ted Thompson are polar opposites. First-round picks for, for Gutekunst have been pretty solid, whereas for Ted Thompson, it was a wasted pick. Ted Thompson would crush a third, fourth-round pick, which Gutekunst cannot do. Maybe fourth-round, not so much third-round, but first-round? But still, there, there's just there's always a level of disappointment. I don't think he's ever made a pick in the first round that I haven't at least gone a little bit of, yeah, all right. With Jair, again, I know it was like a recent thing where suddenly he's a first round pick, but it's like, I would rather have Josh Jackson, which we ended up getting in the second round and was a stupid pick. But it was just kind of ho-hum. With Rashawn Gary, it was like, please don't. You know, we just got Zadarius, we just got Preston. I don't really like Rashawn Gary very much as far as everything I've watched in college. I get that he's an athletic freak, but don't do it. He did it. Darnell Savage was not a super prominent name. I didn't really know a ton about him, but especially since we traded up, I thought it was going to be a big name thing. I thought it was going to be, you know, something huge. And they picked Darnell Savage, and I'm like, Savage, what the heck? What is this? Jordan Love was the ultimate in You've Gotta Be Kidding Me. I know I've been a big defender of Jordan Love because trust the process. But at the time, it was like, you, you, this is a joke. I mean, people said it in the comments section and I laughed. I was like, that's not Jordan Love. It, it, you know, as, as in, I bet this is Jordan Love. When we again traded up and I'm like, dude, shut up. It's not Jordan Love. Why would they pick Jordan Love? And then even this past year, when uh, JJ made a, a, a conscious decision to tell everybody on the stream what the pick was before we all got to see the pick. Thank you again for that, JJ. He just threw in the comment section, Stoke. So I was doubly disappointed because I waited hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months and months and, and basically a year for this moment that just got spoiled and I didn't like the pick. And again, it's nothing against Stokes. It's not like I've done a deep dive and said I did It's just, you know, you get all worked up about maybe 10, 11, 12 prospects and then it's not one of those 10, 11, 12 and it's like, come on, man, come on. Just one time, pick the guy that I really like. Like, I'm going to come around to it. I'll get excited about it. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get over it, but... Just one time, one time pick somebody that's going to get me excited, but they don't. And so again, I doubt it with Trent McDuffie because we are going to extend Jair and because we just drafted Stokes. And if anything, if we're short on corners, we could bring back Razul Douglas for relatively cheap. There's no reason to draft a first round corner. So I believe this is a really stupid pick. Um, I don't think Chris Trapasso is really good at this. Um, I'm looking back at a couple of his others. At the very least, he doesn't really pay attention to what the Packers do. His last mock draft, he had them taking Jahan Dotson, who is that wide receiver that's like five foot eight. Uh, two drafts before that, he had him taking um, Trey McBride, the tight end. I would really, really doubt that too. So the only one that he's done in the last you know month or so that maybe makes sense is uh, Louis Sinney, I think is how you say his name, safety out of Georgia. I could maybe see that. But anyways, um, it's, it's actually a good thing that he made this pick because I don't want to have to say the same names over and over and over again, especially since that's the reason we get so mad when they make picks, because we really narrow it down to about five or six guys that we like, and everybody else is a terrible pick. We got to stop doing that. 
we got to start really looking at all the first and second and maybe dipping into the third round of prospects and realizing that this is really the pool that we're probably looking at. And just because the draft media says that, no, no, within this five-player range is what makes sense, which is why a lot of teams also, you know, the Bears feel like they got a bunch of steals because the, the draft media told them this is where they should go. And then they didn't go there and the Bears got them. And now the Bears fans think they got steals. Well, you didn't really get steals. Every All those teams that didn't draft him disagreed with the draft media that he was really, really good. Anyways, Trent McDuffie, 5'11", 195. He's kind of expected to run in that 4-4-4 range, so kind of that Kevin King-ish range. Grades out really, really well. Three years at Washington, 85 overall grade, 80 overall grade, 86 overall grade. So he's been very good every single year, Very extremely consistent, which I love. Really like him. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big program. It's a program that's known for cornerbacks. I mean, that's where Kevin King came out of, which isn't super whatever, but whatever. Um, run defense grades, 86, 83, 78. Tackling grades, 90, 87, 73. Coverage grades, 83, 77, 88. Um, passer ratings, 94, 52, 52. Uh, he did give up four touchdowns in his first season. He gave up zero in 2020 or 2021. Um in his career over three years, two interceptions, nine pass breakups, 74.7 passer rating when targeted. This past year, uh, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, five pass breakups, 52 overall passer rating when targeted. Um, again, consistency. His worst overall defensive grade on the season this past year was a 65. That's his worst. Um, his He had two games in the 50s when talking about run defense. This is a 5'11", 195-pound corner. And he had two two games where they're like, nah, it wasn't the greatest run defense. Even his tackling, three games, fifty or lower. That's it. Otherwise, sixties and seventies and eighties all the way up. Um, and then coverage, his worst coverage grade was a sixty four point five. So just wildly consistent. His grades for the season in coverage: seventy four, seventy one, seventy five, seventy one, sixty seven, seventy four, seventy, seventy two, sixty seven, seventy six, sixty four. That's wildly consistent. Um, the most yards he gave up in a game, his worst game was that last game against Washington State. Eight targets, four receptions, 39 yards. Zero, inter- uh, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, one pass breakup. That was his worst game. Good Lord. His other games, he gave up uh, one reception for 14 yards, zero reception. Uh, yeah, two pass breakups in that game. So one reception, two pass breakups. When you have more pass breakups than receptions, that's a real good game. Um, six targets, one reception for one yard. Two targets, one reception, four yards. Four targets, three receptions, three yards. Two targets, two receptions, negative one yard. Four targets, one reception, 16 yards. One target, one reception for one yard. Uh, Zero targets, zero receptions, zero yards. Five targets, two receptions, seven yards, and a pass breakup. And then finally, eight targets, four receptions, one pass breakup. So the guy just doesn't have bad days. Again, not going to happen. Nobody wants him. I'm sure there's a couple people out there who are thinking, and maybe this is where Chris Trapasso is at. I tend to think he just didn't do a very well thought out or thorough job of of doing a mock draft. But maybe he's thinking, uh, you know, Jair might be on the way out or something. That's the only thing that could possibly make sense. He's, you know, because even if Kevin King is gone, so what? You don't draft another for, you, you don't need three first round guys. And even if you did, he's a boundary guy. He's not a slot guy. Uh, so, so I, you know, I guess if Jair stays, the only thing that makes sense is we're moving Jair to the slot and Razul and King are gone, which I don't think King is going to be gone. And so we need somebody. But but again, it doesn't have to be a first round pick. Now, it could be. 
again, I, I, I don't want to end up eating my words if Trent McDuffie is the pick, and you could certainly see that happening where everybody says, no, that'll never happen, except every single time the Packers pick somebody, it's somebody that the Packer fans say that's not going to happen. That if you did a mock draft of this, people would mock you for that. And then you just look at it, and you're probably disappointed, but say, hey, look, we got uh, best corner in football who apparently is going into the slot, which, again, I don't like that plan. And then we'll have Stokes and McDuffie on the boundary. It's just a, it's a great unit. There you go. So anyways, that's Trent McDuffie in a nutshell. I think I got to leave it there because I got to get going to work and whatnot. So you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one and bye-bye.